Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists and curious creatives that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker and I'm here with my creative soul sister, Jennifer Ruth Russell. Hey, Jen. Hey, Michelle. How wonderful to be here again today with our and beloved curious creatives. And welcome to the new year. So a grand, mm. big, happy new year over to you in LA. It's kind of exciting, this whole beautiful baby year right in front of us, just starting out. We can launch into it, sink into it, expand into it. I'm kind of excited. I don't normally get yes. this excited about a new year, but I'm pretty excited about 2022. How about you? Yes, we are ready for a new year. Yes. Behold, I make all things new. I love that term, that old, old ancient decree. It's, it's actually a Bible verse, but it, I love it because it's like, Washing into a new year is like waking up on the best morning of your life and just feeling, wow, I'm new, fresh, <laughs> fresh and new. So this episode, yes. we're going to be talking about welcoming in our desires for 2022 and covering some of what you and I do to dream into a new year. So having done mm -hmm. our harvesting back over the year that's just gone and get really clear about the sorts of things that we can celebrate and moving into the new year with that in mind, with that sort of, I guess, that knowledge at our back. That's what it feels like to me. So if you haven't had a listen to episode 15, which was Harvesting the Gems, I recommend going and having a listen to that. And also know that there's a downloadable handout for you to go and fill out if you like this kind of thing, which Jennifer and I both do. So that's why we're doing this process. <laughs> Also know that there's going to be a handout for this episode as well that will help you if you're listening to this and you like, I guess, having a bit of structure that you can work your thoughts to. Mm. So let's let's dive in. Dream and bloom. Let's welcome in our desires for this new year. I just want to share this quote. The future enters into us in order to transform itself in us long before it happens. And that's Raina Marie Rilke. I love the idea of the sort of future coming through us because we're the ones mm -hmm. that really dream it up, our thoughts and our we decisions. Do. We do. And it's so amazing too, as I think it's Abraham Hicks that says, when we first have a desire, they call it a rocket of desire, right? It is so powerful. And the time that we get there to the fulfillment of that desire, it's like, oh, of course, because we have already landed there in the very beginning. So I love that. Yep. So the future has been working through us. Yeah. It rises up to meet us. Yeah. So what's one of the first things you do as you're thinking in and feeling into a new year? What are some of the processes that you like to do, Jennifer? You know, I am not nearly as organized as you, but I do love to really get honest with myself. Mm. Really get honest. You know, what is it that I'm really wanting? What am I doing? What have I been doing that isn't really alive to me and what, how do I want to change that? What will make it more alive to me? So that's one question that I absolutely ask. Yeah. What is my true desire here? And being really honest with it Yeah. and with myself. And that really connects for me to sort of thinking into what is our motivations for our creative practice, for our life in general, but our creative practice in particular. So what are our intentions? What are our motivations? What are the things that really matter? Because reconnecting with those and restating those sometimes at the beginning of a year can be really helpful 
to anchor back into that so you maybe can tell when you're a little bit off track or maybe it, there's a bit of it's a bit of energy or a bit of bit of noise in our lives that we can let go or that we can avoid buying into absolutely i love that so i've got a couple of things when i think through in my year ahead and the idea of dreaming into the new year has a few aspects to it for me so I'll, I'll just share a few of those with you and we can chat about those and then see where, where that conversation takes us. One of the things in that reconnecting with our intentions, for me, I think about what is it again that I want to say with my art? And I love this idea that I've just learned recently from Rebecca Cole and Jerry McLaughlin, who run the Cold Wax Academy. I'm just going to give those guys a shout out because they're incredible teachers. I love them. And they have this concept of core intentions. So what are the things that are deeply part of our practice, no matter what we're doing? And then we might have more project-specific intentions. So we might be trialing a new technique or we might be playing with a new instrument or a new palette. So there's sort of those two layers. And I feel that one of the things that I feel really grateful for moving into the new year is I'm starting to understand more what my core intentions are. And I think that that's been really valuable, but it's only been possible through the making. So some of the core intentions that I have about expressing my love of nature, my the importance in my world for being connected to landscape, being connected to place and to history and memory. So I've kind of go back to that at the beginning of the year and think, okay, well, where is that taking me and what, what might I want to expand or evolve through those core intentions? And then what might be the more sort of project-specific intentions that I've got? And I know that one of my project-specific intentions is developing up this body of work for an exhibition that I've been accepted to in 2023. So it's called Firescar. And I'll be doing that with another creative friend that's local here, Jude White. And I really want to be working on that throughout the year and playing with palettes and medium and trying to work through. And I've got this luxury of time for that project, but that's sort of got some focus intentions for it. Does that concept of having sort of project specific intentions and core intentions resonate with you? It does. It's beautiful. It's, it's a little different than the way I work, but I, I love that that you are very clear about that. I do have clarity that I've had for a long time, and that is that my songs open the heart. Yeah. That is my broad intention. It is the eye of the needle that everything needs to flow through because if it touches my heart, then it will touch somebody else's heart. And this year has been such a new beginning for the light songs. And I'm grateful that I'm putting out my first collection. It's called Opulence. And they just have broken down everything that I have ever learned about how to do music and how to write a song. <sighs> so I've had to let go of a lot of the old techniques and things that I've fallen back on for years. And I think my desire around that is to be as open as I can to the new ideas, ideas that have never happened before. That thrills my heart, you know, mm -hmm. bring in new ideas and accomplishments that have never come through before. So that is my thrill and that is my desire. So my intention around that is the open heart, is me being open and available. Beautiful. And the other word that resonates whenever I see your work or hear you 
is joy. So you have a sense of touching the heart, but doing that with such a joyous way of expressing your creativity. And that comes through in your music, comes through in your teaching, comes through in everything that you do. I love that. Mm. Yeah, that was my word for last year, 2021, is joy light. So <laughs> it's amazing. And I love to talk about that a little bit before we finish this podcast today is the power of choosing a word. Yes. And I don't think it's quite the time to talk about it. So I want you to go ahead with your process because it's always fascinating. No, no, let's talk about the word. Let's do that now because I feel like, okay, you know, I tend to come to the word at the end. But I think now you've spoken it, my word for last year was flourish. And I absolutely adored it. And so I, you know, yours was joy light. How do you find choosing a word or having a word choose you? How do you find that makes a difference in the way that you live your year? I have found that if you choose a, a word or the word chooses you, because I so relate to that, because it's like, yeah, it has a certain feeling, a certain ring to it. And it feels like it comes together like a perfect, you know, hand in glove. The word for the year, even if you forget what it is, is going to kick you in the butt. <laughs> okay. It is absolutely, if you're not in alignment with it, it's going to bring you back over and over and over again. And I love that about it because I remember a friend that picked the word truth, which is a really a hard one, right? Because we're not always so keen to hear the truth, but it really kept bringing her back to mm -hmm. being really honest and to be in, in that truthful place. Yeah. And that's what I have to say about the word. It just keeps you in alignment. I always like to take it and put it on a little tile, beautiful curly cues around it and keep it next to my altar. So I do have to see it often, but I got to tell you the power of a word. It's almost like it's a vow. Mm. And mm. you know, vows are really powerful. Yeah. If you break a vow, it, it, it lets you know. <laughs> and I feel like the actual resonance of the word has something very powerful internal to do. 2019 and 2020, I stayed with the same word. 2019, it was surrender. And in 2020, when I came to do this process, I just got this absolute clarity that I wasn't changing my word. I needed to keep traveling with surrender. Letting go is one of my big life challenges. <laughs> and I've had to face it when I've been at the canvas, when I find some little part of my canvas that I really love, but it's stopping the whole thing from working and I've got to let it go. I've just got to paint over the top of it. But 2020, what a year to have a word surrender. I mean, the amount of times our whole life was thrown in the air with the pandemic. I had five overseas trips that were cancelled. I had lots of teaching and lots of projects that just evaporated overnight. What a fantastic word to have traveling through that. I remember year. that. <gasps> oh, I wow. remember that so clearly. You know, yeah. I remember you picking that. I have to say, I was so impressed that you picked it for two years in a row. And that it had its way with you until you were finished with it, you know, and really, it really amazing. It really picked me. It really did. And so I've been just sort of gently sensing into whether or not I'm to do a third year, um, whether or not it's coming back. You know, I had flourish last year, but maybe it needs to come back. But I've already got an inkling and I'm not sure if this is the word. But, you know, we were talking before about it being a kind of a vow. It's a for me, it's almost a mantra in a, in a single word. And mine is, is possibly grounded. 
So I'm just sitting with that at the moment. And it's mm. it started off as tethered, but tethered has a bit of a negative connotation to it, tied. You know, that's kind of not what I meant. What I mean is just is really grounded in my skin to sort of mother earth and to what's going on. So I love that you've been talking about getting honest. And I love that you spoke about your friend who used the word truth, because there's some flavor of that that I'm also finding really interesting. Because for me, it's all about getting even deeper with my creative practice, which means getting even deeper with my spiritual practice and kind of who I am and what I want to say and being more more honest about that. Not honest in that I've been lying, but honest as in a kind of a, a truer to self, more art that's like me. Feels great talking about yeah. it. The other thing that I quite like doing while we're talking about words is I quite like having some feeling words that I that help me describe. So I've got my word for the year, but I also have some feeling words that I anchor into. And I just thought I'd share the ones that I had for last year were spacious, reset, and exploring. And there's something about those that are more about the way that I want my year to feel that I also find really juicy. It excites the heck out of me when I get them right. (laughs) I just, the passion, (laughs) the light is lit, you know. It's kind of the idea of having spaciousness was just like, oh, that felt so good. I'm not sure spaciousness isn't going to be one this year. I don't know. So I play with these kind of feeling words that sit underneath my big word. And I really like the combination of those two because for me they sort of they push me and they pull me. They expand me and they hold me anchored in a good way. So I I love words and I love this process because it's not an intellectual process at all for me. And I think it's probably true for you too. And I would recommend anyone listening to this try to sense into the word rather than try and kind of cognitively come up with a word that you want. Yes. So that's my thought. That's my share around that process. (laughs) I love that. You know, I'm thinking that I may need to revisit a word. Maybe it's time for it to come around again for me, although I haven't yet anchored into what my word is for the year. But I did have the word elegance one year, and it was that beautiful definition of the most effective from the least amount of work, you know, to have, because I'm a, I tend to be an overdoer and I love that you use the word spaciousness and elegance is like that, that place to me of not efforting really hard, you know, not trying to push something, but just to allow it, allow myself to receive this beautiful elegance. I love that word. Oh, I think I'm going to borrow that. I think you've just hit a, an arrow into my soul with that word. Because it's so much sexier than effective, which is way too much yeah. management <laughs> speak. <laughs> but it's that idea, isn't it, of being elegant. It's, there's a design aspect to that, which I really love, that the effort that we make and the, the tasks that we do have this ripple. Definitely. Love it. Okay. I'm snitching yeah. that one. Thank yeah. you. Okay. What I, <laughs> one of the other things that I really love to do is think about how I'm coming into the new year. So what am I bringing with me? Because I've already done the harvesting process where I actually release anything that's not going to serve me and I take any actions that I need to take, 
that ties off bows on things that need to be kind of completed. So I do love acknowledging what I'm starting the new year with, and that might be the health, living in a safe country, you know, all those sort of foundational basics. I've got access to good food. I've got supportive, loving relationships. And then just building on that to a more finer and finer grain about my art practice. So it might be about having particular teachers in my life or having access to particular resources or having built certain skills, having grown a community that I love interacting with, those sorts of things. So it sort of starts from a very Maslow's hierarchy idea of just the foundational stuff of what I've got. I've got a roof over my head, I've got food to eat, and I've got people that love me all the way up to the things that I'm really what I'm bringing in knowledge, what I'm what skills am I bringing in and what resources am I already connected to? So I love doing that because it makes it sort of this kind of coming from such a deep well of abundance when I think of it like that. It's mm-hmm. a really filling up exercise and makes me more brave to reach out and think about the goals and things that I want to perhaps strive for or play with in the year. You know, as you're speaking, the word that came so clearly to me this last year is is privileged. Not in the sense that I am a privileged individual. We are all privileged. And those forms, those structures of life that we've taken the time to really state our desires and really see if there's anything within us that needs to be healed around it, I think it's so valuable. We have the privilege to do that. We have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Even if you only have $5 in your pocket to be an artist is a huge privilege in life. To be a musician, to be somebody that hears the music of the spheres and gets to share it. I mean, wow, that is incredible. That is just a privilege. Exactly. And it's such a great word. It reminds me, I've been reading the Ninth Street Women book and I'll post the link. It's just been such a heart-opening dive into the early abstract expressionists that grew out of the creative hub that is New York. And it looks at the Krasner and Elaine de Koenig and their early years and hearing their stories and the other, it's the story of five women. And I love being able to dive in. But what really struck me was some of those women, especially hearing the story of Lee Krasner, who is famously the partner of Jackson Pollock. She was an incredible innovative painter in her own right and an advocate for artists and a campaigner. She just had this great sort of spirit of social justice in her. They were starving. They, mm-hmm. you know, they were alive to know the Depression. They were around to know the time before Roosevelt brought in the big art funding project, which actually gave artists some public funds for the first time. Wow, it was just really mm-hmm. deeply moving to be reading their stories. So part of why I'm so earnest in acknowledging the sort of basics that I've got to step off from when I start my creative year. So I really recommend reading, even if you're not a painter, it doesn't matter. It's just the story of creativity. And New York has been such a pivot point for so many countries, regardless of where you grew up, it has an influence. And so I've really enjoyed 
Ninth Street Women. Fantastic book. And, yeah, makes me feel incredibly privileged and fortunate to have what I've already got. So, yay. Thank you, universe. Yes, and also you're standing on their shoulders. You know, we're standing on their shoulders. We have They have gone before and, and prepared the way. I know Ellis Fitzgerald, you know, and she was like the only woman in most of all the bands that she yeah. performed with. Yeah. And she was so clear that her job was to just sing and sing and sing and sing. She, if she could, she would tour like 350 days a year. And then she'd be home for a week and just be antsy, like, I got to get out there again. You know, but the creativity that she was just natural to her. She was like a horn. She could improvise like a horn, mm. you know, and, and to be surrounded by men all the, all the time. She would sit in the back <laughs> of the bus and shield herself with her coat so she wouldn't have to smell all the smoke. And, of course, there was a whole lot of weed going around. And she would just stay in her groove. Yeah. And really refuse to do anything but what was her to, hers to do. Yeah. And there's a great documentary out about her life. I, I so recommend it to any of you out there that are musicians. And, and just feel that drive, you know, to do what is yours to do. It's, it's, such, it's such an incredible feeling. And so inspirational, regardless of your medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. So... What else do I cover? What else do I suggest? Let me let me just have a quick look. I've got a little list here because that way I won't forget anything. Let's go. Um, <laughs> let's go down that list. <laughs> let's, go the, let's go the Virgo thing. So I do want to let people know that in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about big, hairy, audacious goals. So if you haven't met BHAGs, as they are commonly known as, I want you to get your BHAGs on. So I want you to listen to episode number 17. But just touching on that, what are some of your goals that you want to achieve? What are the big things that you'd like to get a tick on the list for this year? So we're going to dive into that creative process in the next episode. But just right now, I'd love, you know, I think it's really good to have an idea of what some of those big goals might be for you this year. So what are yours, Jennifer? Have you got anything in mind flowing off from more light song, anything in your music and teaching? You know, one of my big goals is to, of course, play live again. I mean, we haven't really been playing live because of the pandemic. Yeah. I love being in community and leading people in song and in the deep reverence of ritual. I love that. It doesn't sound like a a big audacious goal, but it really is. I love the experiences now. To me, the the older I get, the more it's about the experience and not putting a trophy on my wall. You know, it's really about being able to be out there playing with other musicians and and leading people in in deep stuff. Deep stuff. (laughs) Deep stuff. And I want to move this year. That's a big, audacious goal. So what it is about the move that feels kind of stretchy for you? What is it about a new place? And what does that new place feel like? Give me a quick descriptor. It is a place of beauty. It is a a place that is surrounded in very simple life. I'm really ready to leave the city Mm. and to enjoy a much simpler life and spaciousness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. So one of the things I love to identify is what are the habits that are going to support me in the feeling words. So one of my feeling words is live. It's a strange word. It feels a little difficult to say live. It's a sense of flexibility and feeling really, really healthy in my physical body, but it's also live in my thinking and in my openness to learning. So one of the things I love to do is to say, well, what are the habits that I want to commit to that help me, that help me in my big goals, that help me with the way that I want to feel? And I'm going to just share one of those with you because one I had years ago was to say no to unnecessary travel. And in a way, that was such a saving grace. And I think I kept that healthy habit for a number of years because I just did such an enormous amount of travel for my consulting business. But I've got one that's quite similar, but it's very much along the lines of managing my calendar. And one that I put in place, which is say no to meetings before 11 a.m. And this came out of recognizing that I'm at my creative best in the morning. And there are some things that I'm already committed to for my family. So I'm the dog walker first thing before breakfast. I'm usually the breakfast cook. And so there's that sort of social interaction. And then the next two hours or so are gold. If I book meetings up at 9 and 10 and 11, I've lost that incredibly productive time for me when I'm really at my best. In the afternoon, you can get me on a call, a Zoom call. I'm fine. Let's get really clear about managing my calendar and saying no to meetings first thing in the morning. I love that. And of course, there's always exceptions. Mm -hmm. That's so practical. Have you got any? I do. I do. Yeah. You did the Friday, Sunday, music only, don't talk to me. Yes. That was very, very helpful to get a couple projects off the ground. And also that word spaciousness is coming up really strong for me this year. It's not trying to do so much. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been started out with three morning light meditations a week. And then last year, at the beginning of the year, I went down to two. And now this year, I'm going to go down to one because I need the creative time. Yeah, I need the creative time. And I've established the podcast. There's over 200 episodes. So I don't need to just stay on top of it anymore. You know, I can kind of just relax and let go. And I love that you brought up the word live. I think I'm going to steal it from you as one of my feeling words this year, because that is, to me, the most special thing about being in community or being in a circle is is alive, being alive. I love being in spiritual community that is alive, that we're learning stuff together, that we're practicing it, that we're going to the out into the skinny branches and practicing what we're learning. I love that. I love life. I love that that feeling of aliveness. So... I love that. Thank you. So I love that the translation (laughs) across the Pacific. So the word I actually used was lithe, L-I-T-H-E, meaning flexible. Do you know that word? I guess I don't. But that's good that you heard alive because that's what you needed to hear. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the things that are new that you want to try? I always love identifying a couple of new exploratory things that feel juicy, stuff I've never tried before. And it may be identifying a medium or it might be, I don't know, it it might be something totally personal. You know, it might be getting better at cooking with plant-based diet or something. I don't know, you know, totally self-nurturing, but not necessarily art practice. 
So thinking about what new things might you want to try this year and identifying some of those. And I find, just as a reflection, that I tend to do four out of five. If I, if I identify five, I do four of them and one just doesn't get off the books, but it wasn't meant to. What are the ones that are coming up for you this year? The main one, and I've really only got one answer right now, and that's I want to become a regular at the art and craft markets that are local to me. Because this part of Australia that I live in, Northern Rivers, which is Byron, Moorlambar, Lismore, has some of the best art and craft markets. And one of the ones I have put my hand up to attend for the last four months of last year, but never got out of the starting gates because we had COVID lockdowns, is the Shannon Market. And I'm really looking forward to attending and just getting more into the market feel. I, I really enjoy the market environment. I enjoy other stallholders and who you meet. I always enjoy chatting to people. So that's going to be for my enamel jewellery. And having just run at the end of last year, intro to enameling classes that have all sold out, which I'm very grateful for. It's also a way to help people know that I'm out there teaching this particular way of making jewellery. So I feel like it's kind of win-win, you know, I get to talk to people about the stuff I do and about the classes I'm teaching. So that's one of the new things that I'm, I've got on my list. I haven't got any more at the moment, but I'm sort of, I'm just waiting for the next idea to pop. What about you, Jen? Have you got new things that you want to play with this year? I do. I, I do. I want to speak more. And I love to uh, speak and sing at the same gathering. I love that. And I'm ready to learn something new. And I'm not sure exactly what that new thing is yet, but I always love learning something new every year because that is where you feel very alive and you feel like a kindergartner again. You know, you feel like a baby because you're not an expert at it, but it makes you feel very human and watching the process that you're learning. What was the thing that you did last year or what were the many things that you did last year if you had more than one? The two things that I did this year that I wouldn't have even been able to identify in the beginning of the year was taking the light songs to a whole nother level in my life Mm -hmm. and doing personal and group channeling sessions with Mother Mary. Yes. That's been huge um, growth for me. And I've been doing it in, in the closet, in my own throughout the books that come through me, but to step out and to do it live, here, here's that word again, live, has been <laughs> really wonderful. And of course, you know, it takes, it takes all the courage that I have to step out and do something that I haven't done before. And it always brings up all the gremlins and I get to talk to them again and ask them to go and sit in the back seat and it's okay, we're going to do this now. But when I get a directive to do something, I do it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You're very committed. Yeah. <laughs> very aware that we've got quite a big, juicy episode today because there's lots been lots to talk about. But the last thing on my list, so I'm going to throw it to you in a minute if you've got anything else to add, Jen, so I'll give you the warning, is one of the things that I love to do is I select a set of cards for the year. And I have a beautiful set of Rumi poetry cards, which I adore. I also have a set of oracle cards. And I select 12 cards and I just, in order, I identify them and I put them together so that I can refer back to them throughout the year. So I actually put them into a one page 
where I've got the beautiful artistry of the card and then I have the meaning of the card beside it. And so throughout the year, I'll go, oh, I haven't checked my Oracle card for this month. And the number of times where it's just drilled me to the spot with being so clearly in time and what's exactly needed, I just love it. So that for me is a really juicy activity because I do read through every card at the beginning when I do it and then I put it aside and it's just there as a one pager that I just go and check in on. So that Oracle card idea is probably my last big one to share. If you don't already do this, I really recommend just picking up, even if you just pick up black and white postcard images and put them into the year, there will be something that has meaning for you when you come back to look at it. Do you do the Oracle Cards idea? No, I do something a little different. I do a visioning process. This is a process that Reverend Michael Beckwith from Agape taught us, and I think it's really valuable to do, to just sit with your journal and ask some really simple questions and write down whatever you get. And the, the first question is, you know, what, of course, opening up your heart and, and preparing to listen is the first step, right? Yep. But just asking the question, what, what is the divine idea for me this year? And if you want to get into the senses, what does it smell like? What does it feel like? What, is it, what does it look like? You can use all the senses if you want. And what's the main feeling tone? Like, what is the main feeling tone for this year? What is that divine quality that's trying to emerge in me? And then I love to just go up into the highest level I can in my mind's eye. And, and I actually visualize me st stepping into a precipice and looking across like a huge canyon, like the Grand Canyon, and saying, what is mine to do? Or what role am I to play? And then, well, in order for me to play that role, what do I need to release? What do I need to embrace? Or what do I need to step into is another way of saying that embrace question. And then I asked that question, which I saw that you put right in there in the last episode, beautiful handout you gave us. Is there anything else? And I love what happens in that question. Like, what else is there? Isn't that magic? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's such a great question. And then at the very end, I asked for a symbol. What mm. is the symbol for this year? Mm. And something that's beyond words. Mm. And it's always incredible to see to feel into what comes out when you when you just take a moment and pause yeah. and ask the question. It's beautiful that you reminded me about the symbol. I don't always have a symbol every year, but some years I have a symbol kind of arrive for me. And I think that nonverbal aspect, that subconscious stimulant that a symbol brings is really quite gorgeous. And I love that process that Reverend Michael Beckwith has taught you because there's so many elements of that. There's a lot of overlap with the kind of dreaming that I do at the beginning of the year. And there's also an overlap with the big, hairy, audacious goal process that I'm going to cover in the next episode. There's some bit across all of that. What a year it's going to be. I'm so looking forward to it. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to cover before we finish off this episode? No, I just can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> me too, me too. That's it. Yes. All right. So happy new year. Blessings out to everyone listening. Thank you so much for being with us on this podcast journey. We'd love it if you wanted to send any messages or send us any questions. 
we would really love to interact. So do that and sending you lots of love. I would also like to ask anybody if they have a different process they use, tell us about it. It would be wonderful yeah. to see what you'll use in the beginning Absolutely. of the year. Absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye, Michelle. Bye, everybody.